Hi, welcome back to the UTPB Communication Files podcast. I'm your host, Caden Hayes, and I hope to bring more insight to the world of communication. Joining me today is Christian, and I'll let him introduce himself. My name is Christian Duwakawa, and I am currently 24 years old. Uh, I was born and raised in Mexico, in the city of Guadalajara, Jalisco. That's where the tequila is originated so it's a pretty cool town <laughs> uh and i moved to texas around nine or ten and i started uh third grade fourth fifth and sixth and then a junior high but when i um moved to the states i didn't know how to speak english at all so oh, really so like yeah. what was the biggest like obstacle was that like the biggest obstacle to face once he came to the states Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually suffered a lot. Uh, I, I was in, in Odessa in elementary. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the teacher, but it was pretty bad. We had some trouble there. And actually, my parents had to go and talk because she was like, you're in the state, so you need to learn English and you need to speak English and this, this and that. So it was pretty um, stressful and, you know, kind of painful at, at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know trying to be in a different uh, country where you don't know what's what's going on and you're trying to figure out and whatnot of course. and of course but yeah it was it was challenging but then i i think that actually helped me out to um work hard and learn the language so yeah so what were like some of the sources that you look to uh to like learn english so actually what I did, um, I would always hang out with my, my cousins and they were born and raised in the States. So their first language was English and I tried to imitate them mm-hmm. when they were speaking. Right. Cause I was like, if I'm going to be living in the States, I wouldn't like to have an accent. Not that that's not that it's something wrong or not, but I was like it for me, I would see it as something for the country. Right. If I'm trying to speak with the native. American, I want to speak the language as it should be. So I just, I don't know, just watching the, the movies in, in English with subtitles in Spanish or vice versa, I don't know. And yeah, just trying to, I don't know, read books and understand, look up words in the dictionary and stuff like that. Okay. So would you say like this is kind of the like definitive way to learn a new language or do you think there's like better ways? So I would say everyone has their own way. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own way of learning. Uh, but for me, uh, like I said, just trying to imitate the language as best that I could. Uh, and with no accent, I always try to, you know, try to perfectionate my, my English. And I would hear people talking and I would ask questions. So that worked for me. And in general, I've heard that some people watch their movies in English and they have their subtitles in Spanish and that's how they learn. But like I said, everyone's different, but that's a cool way. Yeah, of course. Like, I I mean, with me uh, trying to learn a different language, uh, there's, you know, apps like Duolingo. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not sure how effective it really is. I mean, I know a few basic words, but when I talk to, like, for example, I'm trying to learn Portuguese and when I try to, talk to uh, Mariana um, who's from Brazil and speaks Portuguese. I, it's, 
she says it comes off as a little like awkward or a little too formal. So mm -hmm. learning a language, I feel like it could be a lot easier if you have like good sources and you're, you know, constantly surrounded by that uh, culture and, you know, everyone's speaking it. And so for like in your instance, when you basically were forced to have to ad adapt and, you know, learn English, it was like an accelerated course because you're constantly surrounded by you know, when you're growing up like kids your age and all the adults, like everyone's speaking English. So I assume that that helped out quite a bit. Exactly. So like you said, um, I was, I moved to the States, right? So you need to adapt and learn the language because it's, it's your new life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you said, just being surrounded by, uh, you know, American people and the language and English give you learning. And obviously I was, you know, nine or 10. So I was young and, I guess it's it's easier to catch up and, and learn the language while then if I was, I don't know, 17 or 18, mm -hmm. that would be a, a challenge, but it helped me out because I was, I was pretty, pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it's a lot better to learn while you're uh, younger because as children kind of soak up information easier, uh, you know, that's why there's like, especially with like immigrant uh, children, they can just, they are usually bilingual by the time they're teenagers and they can speak fluently in each language. I don't know if that yeah. applies to you as I'm not, I'm trying not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to generalize a, a whole culture or anything, but um, just from what I've, I've heard from uh, some of my friends or from like Mexico and South America and uh, yeah, Europe. It, 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 it usually works like that. Um, I was actually watching the, this show it was talking about how when you live in America and your parents are from Mexico, but if your parents know both languages, it's, you know, it's a great thing mm -hmm. for your parents to talk, I guess, in, in Spanish at home. Cause when you're in school, you're going to be learning English and you're always going to be talking English. So in order for the kid to be bilingual and know both languages, it's important for the parents to teach Spanish at home and then English when you're outside home. So I think that's a great thing for parents to do. Um, especially when it comes to work, right? When you're old enough and you graduate from college or whatnot, and you want to get a job, any show that you know both languages or two languages, whichever it is, and um, you know and read, write, and you know, yeah, you know the language, and yeah, exactly, that just helps a lot and it opens a lot of doors. And of course, and I was thinking about it when I was uh, talking with Mariana last week on the podcast. Um, she was talking about like just like immigration and things of that nature. Do you feel like uh, it's becoming easier to immigrate to other countries than it was maybe before, or do you feel like it's kind of stayed the same over the years? Uh, that's a good question. I actually think nowadays would be a little bit harder, in my opinion. Uh, I just see some friends or you know other family members that have tried to move to a different country, and for one reason or another, it's not easy to become a, a resident or whatnot than yeah. how it used to be before it was actually easier for you to um you know get your green card or whatnot but mm -hmm. now it's a little bit harder now laws have changed and the government um you know they have their new laws i guess and yeah how i see it now it's a little bit harder but rather than states um if you were to move to another part in i guess europe or i don't know in central america i don't think it, it would be that challenging <laughs> I yeah. just see it, the states is, is very strict with their laws. And, you know, that's that's a great thing. It is kind of hard to move to the states if 
you're not from the States. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you said you had moved here when you were a little bit younger, around, you said seven to like nine, right? Yeah. Around okay. That age. So like, what what's your story of like moving over? So uh, my grandma from my dad's side, she was born in the States. Mm-hmm. So I've been a resident since I was, I don't know, like five or six. And then when I got my residence card, uh, we ended up moving to the States. And, you know, I I was little, so I didn't know what was going on. I just remember my parents saying, oh, we're going to go and live with your grandma in the States. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I don't know what was was coming for me. (laughs) Uh, Then I liked it. Uh, I just remember I had this great impression when I walked into the elementary school in the States. I mean, the school was amazing. And I was just totally insane. I was like, wow, this is amazing. As you would see it in the movies, right? You would always see in the movies uh, with all the lockers yeah. and big halls and just stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I really like this. Because in Mexico, if you go to a public school, it's not the same thing at all. It's really? a very, very poor country. So, you know, you would I would never imagine that there would be something like that until I ended up moving to the States. So that's a great thing. Uh, that's a great mm-hmm. memory that I have. When I first moved to the States, yeah. schools are great. Yeah. And just like, you know, it's small tangent on like the education system here. It's just like a hot debate that education systems don't get a lot of funding here in the States. But then you hear about countries, you know, such as Mexico, where uh, they're not a, not getting as much funding from experiences like you, like immigrating from Mexico to the States and going through the public school system. I think a lot of people don't really realize how much our public schools here in America actually have, you know, able to provide. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this or not, but in Mexico, you go to school from either at seven in the morning to noon or twelve thirty. And then uh, another students go into school at like around two and they get off school around, I don't know, seven. OK. And they, and they do that because they don't have enough schools for the kids to go to school. So you actually ended up going to school for a short period of time. That way, another student can go in and also have an education. When you move to the States and you go to school from, you know, 7.30 or 8, I don't know, until like 3.35, 3.45, and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool, you know, because you get to be in school for a long time and, and you get to do all the activities you can. But in Mexico, uh, you would rotate. You would take this class this day because you couldn't see all the material in one day because you didn't have the time. Okay. Yeah, I've... I mean, I went to a pretty small high school where it was basically all put together from like pre-K to about or pre-K to high school. It was all one school. There wasn't like separate middle schools or separate elementary schools. It was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was a really like nice school. It had a lot of cool like features to it. I mean, f- appearance wise, it was nice. It looked modern, but mm-hmm. in reality, it didn't really offer that many opportunities. I mean, towards the end of my high school years, they were kind of building up this momentum and doing more creative programs. But mm-hmm. I like, for instance, we didn't have a band. We didn't have theater. We didn't have multiple language classes or like many extra extracurricular activities. Uh, besides like sports, but they did offer dual credit, uh, which was, you know, immensely helpful for an accelerated uh, degree plan. The reason we weren't able to, you know, fund all these programs, there weren't that many students there. And Mm -hmm. so like the the government, they they couldn't provide as much money based on, you know, per student attendance. 
But when you think of places like Permian, I'm not sure if you attended Permian or OHS or. No, I actually uh, went to high school in Mexico. So, yeah, I I ended up moving back to the, I finished uh, junior high and then I moved back to Mexico. I did my high school and part of college in Mexico. And then I went back to the States. Oh, okay. Okay. So how was that like shift going back after coming here for so long? You know, Mexico, it's, it's my hometown, you know, it's, it's, it's your people. It's, it's my grandparents, my family, my friends live there and I love Mexico so much. So I was always happy to go back to Mexico, but you know, I've, I've missed the States. Obviously I miss the school's education, but when I moved back to Mexico, I, I guess I had the, the, I don't know what you would call it privilege, I guess, uh, Mm -hmm. to be in a private school. So I went to a private high school and there was not that much difference between uh, high school and states and and, in Mexico. I liked it a lot. My experience was totally different compared to when I was in in elementary school in a public school. So this was, you know, way better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I had a great experience. All my classes were great. And I had, uh, you know, choir and uh, theater and sports and whatnot compared to while when I was in elementary school, there was no sports. There was no choir. There was no theater. There was no activities at all. Oh, just wow. your regular classes, math, English, well, in this case, Spanish, um, you know, stuff like that. That's it. No, no other uh, extracurricular. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like even in middle school, like, like I said, I didn't have all these extra programs really, but at least, you know, we had sports. Yeah. That's something so, at least. Yeah. But yeah, Mexico. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Okay. But I, I mean, ultimately you had came back to the States after high school. No. So I, so I went to this high school in Mexico where instead of semesters, I was in four semesters. So I finished high school and like two years and a half. So I was, okay. I had just turned 17 while I graduated from when I graduated from high school and then I started college right away. So I started college in Mexico. Well, I was in, in, in high school. I joined this uh, choir group because I always liked music. So I joined this uh, choir that was part of the state. We got to travel and represent Mexico and Europe in Barcelona. So I took a semester of uh, college because when we had that tour, I was in college already and I took a a semester off. But then when I came back from the tour and everything, they wanted me to start all over. So I was like, what's going on? So I had to change to a different college. And then I don't know, I just didn't like the the classes, the professors at all. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided I wanted to move to the States and go to uh, college. And, and Okay. Is that when you uh, had enrolled in like UTPB? Yeah. 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 So it's a crazy story. It's so much to say, but I transfer to the States and they said they were going to, you know, try to work with my classes and see how much classes I could transfer. But then at the end, the the program, I guess it's, it's different. And in Mexico, communication, you take television, you take radio, all of those classes that, and at least at UTPB, we don't have as part of the communication program. So I kind of had to start all over, but actually liked it because in, in you take political communication, rhetorical criticism, you know, journalism. Yeah. This classes that I liked more rather than television and radio. So I've enjoyed it a lot. I loved going to college the states i loved it you know i was part of the communication club back then and with with um, mariana and we had so much fun i don't know it was just 
pretty great and I loved it. Nice. So I know like communication is a pretty broad topic and it, you know, it can be defined many ways in your own words. Like what would you say communication is to you? Oh, that's a good question. I guess, I don't know. It's just how would you interpret how you express yourselves about thing, thought you get to into something. It just comes into your ideas. Communication is it's everything. If you don't mm-hmm. communicate, if you don't express yourself, if you don't talk, then you're not going to do anything. So communication, it's huge on everything, you know, relationships, uh, everything, the government, everything has to be very clear and and concise and people need to be able to understand it. If you were to work in in that medium, I guess, think about what you're going to say before because people can express it in very different ways. So you need to be very thoughtful when you're going to. Yeah. So communication as broad as it is, the way we communicate differs among cultures for sure. Yeah, definitely. Doing one thing in the States may seem commonplace, but maybe in Mexico, it's not as generally well received. Uh, So what would be like some of these main differences between cultures that you see maybe more commonplace here in America rather than Mexico and vice versa? When I moved to the States, and especially during college that I was, you know, older, Mm -hmm. I got to see that I guess Americans are more open in certain Mm -hmm. ways than Mexico. I guess the culture in Mexico makes you very close. And also that a lot of people don't have an education. They don't have the, the, the privilege to even graduate from high school. So that makes, you know, people very close minded. And sometimes people are very ignorant, you know. Not in a mean way, but ignorant in a way that you don't know certain stuff. Yeah. Uh, so America, people are very open-minded and they express themselves as, as they want it. And they are straight what they're going to say. Yeah. But people in Mexico, the people kind of go around because people are af- afraid you're going to offend someone if you're being you know, honest to them. So mm-hmm. that's the thing that I, was, that I got to experience. My family in, in Mexico, when I would go to Mexico... They were very careful when they were going to say something to me as if they were afraid to offend me or something. Yeah. And but when I was in the States, people were very upfront, you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. And, and you just say it and that's it. But it, it comes, like I said, it comes in, into culture too. So every every country has its own ways of communication and, and whatnot. So would you say like Mexican cultures, they, they're a little more wary about uh, how they interact with other cultures? Like, uh, they're a little more so careful. I would say, yeah, you know, Mexicans are very happy and outgoing. Yeah, you know, of course. Are, you know, they like parties and they're pretty, pretty wild, <laughs> some of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But when it comes to approaching someone and knowing that you can probably offend their feelings, people try to go around and, and avoid that mm-hmm. part of being straight instead of being hey you know what i think this 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 and it's not right but rather they're like they just don't say anything or they try to do it but in a very particular way so that's how i am they're they're very careful with, with people's feelings i would say okay i mean that's really interesting to me because i don't know i'm always one for like squashing like stigmatisms and Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people think uh, like Mexican, Latin cultures uh, are very blunt. I mean, in Mm -hmm. some cases that could be true. But I mean, like you're saying, most people think Americans are they can be generally open minded. But a lot of people are just going to say what they mean. In some ways, they're being ignorant to that in that sense. 
So it's really interesting uh, to hear that Mexican cultures that they're not as blunt because... yeah. And, and, you know, it depends what part of Mexico you're in. If you're in Mexico City, then people are very open-minded and, and straight up front, mm-hmm. you know, what they're going to say. But uh, it just depends. In, in Mexico, there's all these little towns and they're very, their culture is very, um, it's like, like they're all very, encased very in that one town. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very traditional and they try to keep their culture as it was back in the 1900s or whatnot. So, yeah. um People have their ideas and are very, very close minded, which, you know, that that's fine. It's I don't have anything against that. The world has changed and we're in the 21st century. So we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this century is just producing so much change. And it almost it's coming at like this just astounding rate to where it's not giving people the time to like adapt to it. It's more of like you have all these protests and movements that are just pushing this change now like it's like the time is now we need to do this now but it's to me it feels like a lot of cultures you know who are who are used to being like in their traditional ways they're not getting the chance to adapt they're just kind of like forced into it otherwise they're estranged or outcasted or just seem as abnormal to those yeah, I would say the sad part is that some people in Mexico, or sometimes even the majority of the population, are very tied to their traditions and customs, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to change that around. But like you said, we need to evolve and change. If not, we're, we're going to become ignorance, right? Because everything will be changing. left behind. It's, yeah, exactly. So, um, and people can cause so much, you know, trouble or pain to others by not wanting to change their point of views or you know even adapting to new rules or laws i guess i don't know if you heard about this or not but for example in in mexico city they made like this march all these women gathered because there were so many women dying in mexico city every day because the men are being very traditional and close-minded and they think they belong to them. So that's super, super sad, obviously. Yeah. It breaks my heart. And it's like, people need to get it together. And and we, you know, times have changed and women are free to do whatever they want. And not because they're wearing, you know, high heels and skirt or, you know, it doesn't mean you're, it allows you to offend them or, but in certain ways like that, Mexico hasn't changed a lot. And it's very, very sad, but it's part of the traditions. And yeah, like I think um, I was hearing about that. And it's just it's just like a different world to me, because here in America, like, you know, you hear so many protests of like, oh, equal opportunity and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, and obviously in a lot of places around the world, we don't share the same mindset in those aspects because of like, you know, traditional cultures and stuff like that. I guess what I'm going with this, it's, you know, speaking of like the Women's March and just hearing news in general about just so many like events that go on around the world. Like, for example, the forest fires in the Amazon and the bushfires in uh, Australia, uh, earthquakes in like third world countries, just devastating the place. In a way, like communication is 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 like a good thing to have for in general like it's great to be able to connect with you know anyone across the world at the touch of a button 
but just mm-hmm. news outlets, it can become overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. what would you say that your stance on like, like the traditional modern media is today? So, wow. Like you said, it's very, very overwhelming, especially nowadays when we're facing all the, you know, the coronavirus stuff and all the world is just staying at home and everything has stopped from one day to another, right? We never saw this coming. And like you said, it was just, you know, a shift. We all need to do it. And people are, you know, some people are going crazy, especially here in Mexico. People don't really listen, right? Because mm-hmm. we're in a third world country and they're like, we need to go out and, and work because if not, we're not going to eat. And I know it makes sense, but also you hear the the news and just saying all this stories are are not even true and i'm like okay us as as you know communication majors we have the responsibility to put out there something that's i guess that can just help and and support community instead of trying to make chaos and make people go insane and you know i guess it's just our our responsibility to be honest and and save what it has to be said and, and just do what we need to do but always um i don't know people just tend to focus on the bad stuff rather than the good stuff mm-hmm. right so if we were to put out there some of the good news that are going on because like pollutions has going down a lot because there's no traffic and there's no you know all of this stuff that it's also good news but people tend to focus so much on the the bad news and that's what sells so that's that's really sad but there's not a lot yeah. we can do. and i don't know if it's just human nature or not but it's just like there could be like you can have as many ups, but it just takes one down just to crumble like someone's whole stance on something, their confidence, their just their whole psyche. It's just one negative is all it takes to capture like someone's full attention. Exactly. I don't know. In a way, like communication is a great tool, you know, separates, in my opinion, separates, you know, mankind from anything else because we just use it so uniquely and so effectively and so efficiently. But at the same time, there's, I don't know if there's just too many uh, hands in the pot or just (laughs) too many cooks in the, in the kitchen, however you want to say it. I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's overwhelming and it's hard. Now we live in a very digital era. So everyone has a smartphone and everyone can record themselves and everyone can just post it on Facebook and Mm -hmm. Twitter and some other million people can just repost that video of that specific person saying what they think. And then the worst thing that people believe everything they hear on Mm -hmm. social media and it's not, it shouldn't be like that. Right. Yeah. So I guess that's what has made us very weak in a sense uh, that now everyone has the, the power to communicate what, they're, what they want to say and people not taking into consideration that, you know, sometimes it can be a true story, sometimes it's not. We need to focus on positive things and just keep moving forward and don't get stuck with those sometimes fake news or, or this ideas that just makes you kind of worried and stressed and, you know, it creates a bigger chaos rather than just keep moving forward and see the positive side of everything, right? When everything ends and when we're allowed to go outside, then how am I going to change as a person, right? How is mm-hmm. this going to change me and make me see world in a different way, right? Because now I think about it and when I was outside and I would complain that, that it was, you know, pretty hot. Oh my God, it's really hot and I prefer to be home and, you know, watching a show or whatnot. And now that I've been home for over a month now and you 
think about it and you're like, wow, I should probably be very, you know, grateful that I can enjoy the sun and that I can be outside and with nature and take care of this. And I could probably do this. And, you know, I think we should probably focus on the positive side of all of this rather Mm -hmm. than the bad news. Of course, like in in a sense, even though we have all these means of fact checking and uh, ways of, you know, being educated on any subject nowadays, I feel people are still not taking that initiative. They have it right in front of them, but they're still living like they're in the 1900s. (laughs) In a way, we haven't really adapted that much. A lot of people, I mean, there's a lot, ton of people like a ton more people that live in the world today uh, than there did in the 1900s. But just think of it then before like a printing press was created. And a lot of news was probably just word of mouth for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. If you know, and people were probably just blind to a lot of events that were going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, not now, but like in that time. But again, bringing it back to the modern day, Now that people have access to, you know, news 24 seven around the world, you can just go on social media and one person can say something like blatantly incorrect about someone or they're just trying to bring someone down because they don't agree with them. Whatever the case is, people still don't fact check it. They're influenced too easy. Yeah. 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 Nowadays. Social media has just, you know, created a, you know, a shift in people's mind, I guess. Mm -hmm. And people take it for granted everything other people say, (laughs) even though they're not an expert about that subject. And just people take it for granted because, you know, oh, it's this person. So I'm just going to listen to them and try to influence others into that thought, which it shouldn't be like that, you know. And like Mm -hmm. you said, rather than, you know, doing a little bit of research and seeing if it's actually true what they're saying, uh, they tend to fight back and judge other people about how they, the way they think and do stuff. And instead of, I don't know, instead of growing as a community, I guess we're making ourselves very segregated from each other. And I just see it. Sometimes we're very selfish about stuff. You can just see it if you go to sports, right? There's no toilet paper, there's no water. People are like, I'm just going to take all the water I can because I need to survive and other people, you know, they Mm -hmm. can take care of themselves but it shouldn't be like that right it should just be like hey just take care of yourselves stay at home you know please don't go outside if you're if you don't have to go outside just stay home but don't be extreme and and try to take all this you know decisions and make stuff that's going to impact on other people's life and i guess people just don't see it they just see for themselves and that's pretty sad but that's I see that's how we're changing now to be very self-dependent and just focus on me and the other people just leave it behind in a way. But I guess mm-hmm. all of this is probably going to teach us a lesson to be more, um, I guess, more vulnerable and worried and care about others because we we weren't doing that anymore. I see it like that. Yeah. And it's I, like I've been thinking about it like throughout this podcast. It's it's ironic how much tech that we have and ways to communicate with each other, you would think that would, and I mean, in some instances, yeah, it's able to create a lot of communities, but at the same time, there's probably been, there's never been more like segregated communities today than there was before. Mm -hmm. It's just done in a different platform. Yeah. Because now that we have access to the internet, there's just so many different ways to estrange yourself from other groups or, you know, even like, 
pretend like fake it until you make it in certain groups Mm -hmm. and you just you never know the people that you're communicating with yeah that just kind of i don't know it's just kind of like stated earlier people are easily influenced maybe even more so nowadays i guess that would be the reason why there's such a disconnect even though we're always connected with people it's just ironic yeah yeah and and you know i guess it shouldn't be like that but it is what it is and most uh young people are always trying to look for themselves or trying to see what they want Mm -hmm. to do in in life because you know there's so many things going on now that you can't actually know what you really want to do or actually focus on you on your happiness and, and do what you really want right yeah, but it's like if you do this, then you're going to be this, right? Of Which course. it shouldn't be like that, but it's it's a way that society has kind of molded us into be something that you know a fake person in in a certain mm-hmm. way, and it's pretty sad. But yeah, and I guess like a question that I can conjure up from this is, what would be in your opinion, what would be a solution to like moving forward into the future? How would communication need to change for it to be more beneficial? To mankind. Oh, that's a good question. I guess I just think that if people were more less worried about what other people are going to say mm-hmm. and focus more on their person and on their dreams and what they really want to do, you know, that would actually make a big change. I don't know. Just just putting a little bit out there, if if we could, right? Because right now, uh, where I live, close to the beach, right, and I just see that they're building all these buildings and new homes for people, but they're tearing apart apart you know all the all the trees and the palm trees and mm-hmm. you know all the vegetation there was and i was like it's so it, sh- it shouldn't be like that right which we're growing and population's growing and people need a place to live but if we were to take something from nature i guess in this case and, and give it back right if we were to plant a tree or you know a couple of trees to give back then um i don't know in, in ways like that that's how i see it if we were to help other people, you know, there's, yeah. especially here in Mexico, there's a lot of people that don't even have something to eat next day. They live day by day. So if we were to take that and and just see it and be like, okay, sometimes I, I do this or buy stuff that I don't need. But if I were to donate this much money, there's so much food around the world that people shouldn't be starving. It's not the way it is, right? Because the people yeah. that have the power and the money, they want it all for them. And it shouldn't be like that. If we were more aware of those simple things, then I think, I think everything would be different. I think you're like, yeah, you're completely right. It's, I mean, it's basically what I was thinking. One, one word in particular that I was kind of thinking about as a solution is if people were more compassionate, mm-hmm. if people practiced and were aware of universally beneficial ethics mm-hmm. and morals and practice good virtues. And I think a lot of that comes from the education of communication. I think I haven't been able to articulate a good argument until I was educated in the field of communication because it's mm-hmm. just most people agree it's just so broad and it uh, dips into many different fields of study like business and psychology, sociology, etc. It's mm-hmm. it just I think communication is a great way to interact with many people of different backgrounds and different knowledge. But 
like we were discussing earlier, those who don't take the time to understand the bigger picture in a way are being left behind and kind of are the the flaws in our new communicative era, really. Yeah. So how I see it, us as, as you know, communication majors, we have the, the responsibility of, you know, trying to create something or put something out there so that people can actually take into consideration, right? And mm-hmm. people would actually analyze it, right? Nowadays, people are influenced by anything so quick, right? But if we were to do it and take, take that part that people are always on their phone and, and try to create content, you know, something that, that people uh, are more aware of or make make more conscious about certain stuff, uh, make certain material for people that, like you said, us as communication majors, we can probably help to change in a, in a certain way mm-hmm. and put that in, into place and try to make a change because communication is it's huge on everything. I mean, it, it sounds like we're saying just like, oh yeah, communication is the definitive major. And it, I know we're not saying that at all. I mean, for some people, maybe outside the major, they're like, oh, okay, you know, communication majors, they just know everything. It's not that. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it's, it's, I think, simply the way our curriculum generally goes, at least, you know, there at UTPB, we get kind of just the basic knowledge of general understanding and where we even get the ideas of thinking about subjects. She had mentioned earlier, like rhetorical studies. I think it just, education has just kind of allowed us to think more critically than, you know, maybe other fields, like making arguments. Yeah, I guess the way we see it and why we talk like this and why we express ourselves in a different way is because we study communication, obviously, and it makes us more aware of what we're going to say mm-hmm. and how the actions we can have if we say stuff that shouldn't be said. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that, the, the repercussions going to have if, if, you know, if you work for a government and you're the speaker of the house, whatever, you know, you need to be very, very careful of what you're going to say because it can have a huge impact then yeah you know so that's why i guess we we think that way it doesn't mean we are you know experts in every topic and we're the best and no yeah like definitely not definitely not Uh, i mean i'm still learning stuff every day but i think i can attribute that to what i've learned in college it gives me the ability to uh, always strive for education in a way, not like textbook, but just general like life knowledge, because I'm never going to know everything. But now that we have all these devices, commun- like communication is as big as it is, we have all the opportunities now to make something great and learn all of these new things that people didn't have the opportunity before to do. So just taking advantage of uh, what we have now, I think is just, I think that would be the mindset looking into the future. Yeah. And um, the way I see it, and now I understand a lot of stuff, you know, UTPB in in general, and especially the the communication program, it Mm -hmm. provided me with so many different tools that it make me aware of different, you know, situations, you know, not everybody knows (laughs) that I started my own business, right? So it's also part of, of, you know, the communication, because I learned, right, you, you take, you know, marketing class or, you know, publicity and this, this and that. And it's also part of the communication, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes you, um, well, nowadays, it makes me realize that I've learned a lot more or more than I even thought, mm-hmm. and, which I'm very, very grateful for that. And the professors were always amazing and the community. And I don't know, I just, I loved it. 
Yeah. And, you know, speaking of like, like, how's that going? So um, I came up with this idea that um, I wanted to live in a place that I really liked. So that's when I decided to move here to Puerto Vallarta. It's a beach, it's a coast, right? And I was thinking if I had my own business, what would it be, right? That it could have a big mm-hmm. influence on people and that people would obviously eat there a lot, you know, because that's what you're looking for, for clients. So then I thought about uh, this uh, dish. It's called um, poking bowls. I don't know if you heard about it or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for the people out there, it's a Hawaiian dish that's made of, of either of white rice, brown rice, uh, quinoa, or lettuce. And for the protein, you can have shrimp, you can have octopus, salmon, and other stuff. And for your toppings, you can have a mango, you can have pineapple, carrots, corn, and it's very, very healthy, right? So I've always thought if I'm going to make a business and I'm going to, you know, give some other people the opportunity to work and, you know, employ other people and help them in a certain way, then I want to do something that's also healthy, right? A, a, a healthy dish and something fresh and something new, right? Mm-hmm. How, d- how did communication, you know, play a role in like starting a business and everything, right? And when, when you're going to open a business, then you look into the marketing part and you do the motion and you see if the business is going to work or not. And you interview or you make, you know, some, some, um, you know, you question if they like it or not. And then you go based on that. So it's what I've learned in college, right? And it helped me mm-hmm. huge, huge, helped me a lot in terms of, of publicity, right? What can I post so we can be very attractive and what, words can I use so that people would, you know, it would gather their attention right away, you know, the first three, five seconds of watching a short clip with the restaurant or whatnot. So it helped me a lot. And, um, you know, it's a great experience knowing that um, I have a business that I work really, really hard for it. It was so much work. Yeah, it is so much work. I'm not saying it's not, uh, but it's worth it at the end. Right now with all the coronavirus, we had to close down. Oh, yeah. And we had just opened for like two weeks and a half. But um, we're going to be able to open again. Now we just signed the contract with Uber Eats. So we're going to be just uh, delivering food like to go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's I can't complain, honestly, uh, because some other people are worst. If I can help in a certain way, then I'm going to do it. And if I can stay home, then I'm going to do it. So. Yeah, you know, definitely stay healthy. Uh, we definitely want, don't want to be the ones spreading any of the virus go, uh, around or anything like that. Exactly. What do you wish you knew growing up that you like know now? That sometimes we take a lot of stuff for granted and we sometimes say stuff that it can affect people's life or we act in a certain way that we probably don't know or we're not aware of, but that it's causing other people so much pain in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, but um, just knowing that what we say and the way we think it can affect in other people's life. Can just say is uh, how now that I know communication, it's a huge part of, of everything mm-hmm. um, and that we should probably be more aware of what we say and how we act and all of that stuff because it can affect other people's lives or we can create a change in, in someone um, mm-hmm. if, if we're doing the right thing. And it's our job to to do it. We all have the 
the power to communicate, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. If you were just to sum up communication, like a word or two, how would you do that? I would say communication is. It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, it's it's it. You know, it, it's power. It's it's knowledge. It's transformation. Right. It's mm-hmm. uh, knowing that, like we said and we talked, communication is very broad. I don't know. Communication. It's it's huge on nowadays. Right. With all the social yeah. media. So I would just describe it as communications powerful it's it's thoughtful it's way to change people's mm-hmm. point of view like i said before my name is christian Rukawa. i am a communication major from the university of texas Permian basin i was also part of the communication club the treasure and i loved it we created this really really cool projects once i graduated i moved to mexico now i opened my restaurant it's a pokeball restaurant it's it's called um, koru k-o-r-u and it it means uh, peace love and others in hawaiian being communication major i've learned a lot it doesn't mean you you're not allowed to have a business right and it doesn't mean you can only do this specific thing it means you know a lot about so many topics and you know different areas that you can work and you can't you know business successful in in all those areas not just how people see it as oh you're just going to be in television or radio no it's not it's not how it is right that's that's it <laughs> and again thank you to everyone that tunes in to the podcast uh, we appreciate again uh go follow christian's instagram at koru yeah at koru point it's at k-o-r-u dot p-v-t so go show christian some support and thank you for tuning in